0: Morning. Please take your Bibles and turn to Hebrews chapter 10. We're thankful for the business meeting last week, last Sunday, and uh, for what was approved there. In fact, uh, this week, nag simulana, yung pagi implement. The uh, focus nila today is uh, to improve the live stream. So you won't really feel any of the effects of our decision today, but uh, those who are at home who are tuning in either through Facebook or through uh, Zoom are the people who uh, will be feeling the effects of uh, the improvement, Lord willing, today. So uh, Mark and his team are back there and uh, working on that. So let's just be patient. Uh, Baka today mga marinig, uh, feedback, or whatever you see, some movement in the back. Uh, let's just try not to... Allow ourselves to be distracted and uh, let's keep our eye on the ultimate goal, which is God's word uh, being preached clearly without any distractions. That uh, everyone, whether they're here or whether they're at home, will be able to hear it and uh, be able to grow spiritually from God's word. Okay, all right. Hebrews chapter 10, we'll be reading verses 1 all the way to verse 14. For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come instead of the true form of these realities He does away with the first in order to establish the second. And by that will will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every high priest stands daily at the service offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins... He sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Our Heavenly Father, we praise you for the once for all sacrifice of our Savior Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that what no blood of any animal or even our own efforts could purchase for us, Jesus Christ, by... Uh, humbling himself, coming down here to earth, living an obedient life and dying on the cross, he was able to purchase for us. And Lord, we praise you for this because now we we can just put our faith in him. Father, we don't have to struggle uh, with whether we can know for sure whether we have eternal life or not because you have clearly told us in your word that we can have this assurance through Jesus Christ. Thank you that we don't have to depend on our own righteousness, but we can trust in the perfect righteousness of the one who is able to save our souls. Guide us as we study your word. We pray for understanding. We pray for wisdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you ever been embarrassed when uh, you were at the cash register somewhere trying to, f- trying to pay for an item uh, only to find out that uh, your payment was short? Uh, just uh, last September, when I came back just briefly from the U.S., I went to the grocery store for the first time after got, uh, having gotten back and bought some supplies for the house, and uh, I didn't didn't check, you know, my wallet and I uh, just assumed I would pay pay with my credit card and uh, take care of it later. And so I had my card, I unloade it all the counter, and the uh, lady sa Robinsons. And then when she rang up the total, I handed her my Robinsons card, handed her my credit card, and uh, she ran it through. And then she kind of, you know, stopped this kind of a quizzical look, pressed some buttons, didn't work. And then uh, she handed it to me, you know, a little bit of irritation in her face. And she said, uh, sir, declined payment. And uh, I said, well, you know, that's weird. You know, I haven't used it for anything. And uh, I, I thought, you know, I'm sure it's okay. Sabi ko, can you try it one more time? Wala naman akong issue na alam. And uh And so sabi said, okay, try it again one more time. And pressed more buttons, shook her head, handed it to me. And he uh, said, Sir, do you have another He said, Do you have card that you want to try? Okay. And I uh, said, Well, that's really strange. And so thankfully, at that time, I was going to because I ring up. I was going to take You know, and when you have a face mask and face shield, it's really hot. I was going to Thankfully, there was just enough money in my wallet to take care of the bill. And so I paid for it and, and went. And uh, later on, that day when I figured it out, what happened was I didn't notify the bank that I was traveling, and so when it rang up in a different country, kailan nila na nakau yung card, finished nila, so hindi magamit. But uh, we were able to get that taken care of over the phone. But uh, it was kind of embarrassing at that moment, right? Uh, you're a kind of a spectacle because and they're watching what you're going to do, how you're going to respond. And there's the sales lady. I'm sure it happens to her maybe 10 to 15 times a day. Somebody trying to pay with a card gets declined and she's probably thinking these people don't manage their money well, right? It's embarrassing. But you know, no matter what happens, that's not going to be as bad as when we come to the end of our life and uh, we've spent all our life trying to pay for our own sins and we find out that everything that we have been doing here on earth falls short you know that if you try to pay for your own sins the Bible tells us that any type of effort on your behalf any type of trying to be righteous to, to pay for for whatever sins that you've committed here on earth para matakpan lahat ng mga kasalanan na natin sabi sa Bible all of these things all of our own effort When we get to that point, all of this is rejected by God. Any type of effort to pay for our own sin will be rejected. It will fail miserably and it will never be enough. But we can praise the Lord because the Bible tells us that there is one payment that is more than enough. In fact, it's not a repeated payment. It's a payment that happened just once. And this is nothing less than the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ's payment on the cross, his death, is the only acceptable payment for our sins. If you're here and you're still trying to earn your own way for salvation, you need to trust in Jesus Christ. Choose to trust God and trust in Christ's payment for your sin. I realize that most of the listeners here today probably have done this already. And as you're sitting there, you're probably thinking, Pastor Robbie, uh, is this only for unbelievers? Uh, no, this is also for Christians. How are we saved? Aren't we saved by faith alone through grace alone? By faith in Jesus Christ and His grace? That's, that's how we're saved. And problema, uh, oftentimes we get fooled into thinking that that's how we're saved. But then that's not the way we live our Christian life. We think that we're saved by His grace and now we live the Christian life by our own efforts, by meeting certain standards, by living up to the the certain rules and regulations that God has listed. And you know, there's a lot of Christians that uh, uh, are bitter against the Lord Jesus Christ, bitter against church, bitter against uh, their pastors because they've come to think that the Christian life is just a list of do's and don'ts. And I hope that that's not the way you think. God has provided a scripture so that we can have a wonderful relationship with him, a relationship that's based on the love of Jesus Christ. It's not a list of do's and don'ts, but it's a relationship that you can enjoy as you live in Christ's love and as you reflect the love of Jesus Christ in your own life. But you need to live your Christian life also depending on the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Christ's work on the cross provided grace, not just to save us. He provided grace that enables us to live a victorious Christian life. And you know, that sacrifice was done once for all. There's a few things that we can see here from this passage, talking about Christ's death as the only acceptable for payment for sin. We natin see verse 1-4 to four, that the old covenant or the sacrificial system of worship that we see in, in the first five books of Scripture, uh, all of this was really never meant to save anyone. It was always meant to be symbolic. The sacrificial system has always meant to be symbolic. It could never achieve perfection and it could never provide forgiveness. Dignan natin yung verses 1 to 2 and then verse 3 to 4 in a minute. The Bible says that the law or the sacrificial system could never perfect the one who was bringing it. Dignan natin yung verse 1. For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, Instead of the true form of these realities. So here, we're already being told that the law was just to point us to the realities going on in heaven. The law was just a foreshadowing, uh, a inaglang, right? To give us a glimpse of what was really taking place in heaven. It was never really meant to be the, the reality that we would trust in. It was meant to point us to our own sinfulness and our need for a final sacrifice. The final payment for our sins. Um, this shadow, the word shadow here, suggests that this sacrificial system was to point us to that greater heavenly reality. Uh, it was a shadow of the good things to come. And instead, he uh, good things to come instead of the true form of these realities. So it's just a shadow. Because of that, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, well, the fact that these sacrifices had to be perpetually offered year after year, day after day, the fact that paulit-ulit siya it that was already a clue that it was an inadequate system, Hindi sapat; It could never pay for our sins. The author of Hebrews goes on to say this, they could never make perfect those who draw near. Now, Tong, tong salitang make perfect, uh, this doesn't mean that what could happen is the law could never remove the flaws of a person to the point that they are completely perfect. But the idea here is, it could never bring a worshiper into the state of a right relationship with God. The burden of sin has been on our shoulders since Adam and Eve fell into sin. We were all sinners by birth, but we were also all sinners by our choice. And what's our greatest need? Our greatest need is to be cleansed from sin. To be cleansed from sin in our hearts and to be relieved of all of those consequences that are attached to sin, not just eternity in hell, but even our bondage to sin here on earth. And isn't that our struggle as Christians? We struggle with our sinfulness, our thought life, our speech, our decision making, our pride, and so on and so forth. And what really is that we would receive a final cleansing from all of these sins. And what scripture is telling us here, that all of these sacrifices, they were just meant to point us to what really would bring cleansing, but they could never make perfect the one who was drawing near. And who was drawing near? Well, imagine all those Israelites, day after day, coming with their sacrifice. They want that cleansing. Day after day, year after year, from the Day of Atonement, they're all coming forward, they want to be cleansed. And it had to take place again, and again, and again. There was real absence. There was an absence of substance, kulang. And then verse 2 tells us, gives us more clarification. Otherwise, or if this were not the case, if it could bring us cleansing, otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered since the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sins? So the question that's asked there is rhetorical. So, I mean, if they were effective, wouldn't they have already ended? And uh, you can think about that. Uh, you can get a parallel from uh, the vaccination. Uh The vaccines never guarantee you 100% that you're going to be um, uh, delivered from getting COVID. In fact, the highest uh, they using Pfizer 97% for seniors, and then so on and so forth. But they have what they call breakthrough cases: people who have been completely vaccinated, and they still uh, get COVID. Now, obviously, asymptomatic nalang sila or very mild paka and uh, that's because they've been vaccinated. But makakaron parin, makakaron parin sila ng COVID. It's very rare, but it happens. And uh, that's the idea. You would say, well, if the vaccines were 100% uh, effective, then na yung, yung COVID or the opportunity of, of catching, not the opportunity, but the chance of catching COVID. Uh, definitely and that's the same thing that's going on here if you want to think of it that way if the sacrifices were completely effective there would no longer be any need for them they would completely take away sins but the Bible is saying here the fact that paulit ulit ulit sila that they're offered they could never uh, uh, remove sins you know we have a problem with sin everyone has a problem with sin even if we are religious and ritualistic. Uh, ang Pilipinas, by nature and by culture and by the religion that was established here hundreds of years ago, by nature, tayong mga Pinoy, we are ritualistic, right? Dami tayong mga ginagawa o akala natin, things that we can do to improve our relationship with God. But you know, here's what Scripture is teaching us. None of that ritual None of the things that we do again and again can really bring you to the point of a right standing with God. And that's because you have the problem, we have the problem of sin. Rituals cannot place us in a right relationship with God. Rituals cannot cleanse our conscience from our guilt from sin. Verses 3 to 4 continue to tell us that itong sacrificial system could not provide us forgiveness. The forgiveness that we needed. Verse 3. But in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. So, what was happening was actually the opposite. Through the sacrificial system, every person who was bringing their offering was reminded of their very own sinfulness. So, in a sense, it had the very opposite effect of what the people needed. They needed cleansing, they needed forgiveness. But instead, when they would come to bring their offering, anong sa oh, here I am again bringing my animal as a sacrifice to to the the gates of the temple as a reminder that I and my family have sinned and we need cleansing. So really, there's no power to forgive there. And then verse 4, the author of Hebrews clarifies it more. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. So the very goal of forgiveness that each worshiper would have was actually impossible to reach. Uh, Why is this under the case of the Old Covenant? Because it never was really given to provide that forgiveness of sins. The sacrificial system that was given to Moses and to the Israelites was meant to point them to their own sinfulness and to prepare their hearts for the coming of Messiah. But the system itself could not save. It could just highlight the fact that they were sinful in fact, the author of Hebrews already made this point. Pinagaralan and natitos Hebrews chapter nine, verse thirteen. For the blood of bulls and the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with ashes of a heifer sanctified for the purification of the flesh. Uh, thus, verse twenty-three. Thus, it was necessary for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these rites, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. So, uh, again, it's impossible for them to take away or remove sins. Now, this is a verse uh, four. the last few words here to take away sins. The idea here is to remove, to remove sins once and for all. It's divisive or sorry, decisive. Okay. Once for all the blood of bulls and goats could never do this. But the fact that it's written here in verse four, the author of Hebrews is preparing us. He's going to point us in a second here to the one who can do these things once and for all, the one who can give that forgiveness, who has the power to cleanse us and remove that burden of our guilt once for all. He goes on to verse 5 to verse, and verse 10, from verse 5 to verse 10, to point us to who that sacrifice is. That's Jesus. Just as the old system could never purify our consciences, see, Jesus came and Jesus' sacrifice once for all. His sacrifice will always be effective. Look at verse 5 to verse 7. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me, in burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. Uh, verse 5 to verse 7, here he is uh, quoting from, uh, from the Psalms. I think it's Psalm 40. And he clarifies that later on in verse 8 to 10, uh, what he means by this, and also later in verse uh, 11 to verse 14. But the focus is here on the one who is speaking. That's Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ came to earth, um, he came to complete or to fulfill God's plan. He came to accept his role. sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. So Christ highlights the fact that God's not really pleased or he doesn't take pleasure in these offerings, but he prepared a body for the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ is not talking about the church as his body, although that's how the word body of Christ is used in Ephesians. He's talking about his physical body. And your implication is there's going to be some suffering involved. Jesus Christ is going to sacrifice his own body, and that's the offering that's going to be pleasing to God. The Son of God accepted his role as the final sacrifice, the effective sacrifice, and uh, he was willing and obedient to do God's will. Tignan natin yung, if, um, yung emphasis niya sa verse seven. Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. So, two things that Jesus Christ emphasized when he came: one, the fact that God was not pleased with offerings, but God has given Jesus a body. This is talking about the incarnation. And why was God? Why was Jesus Christ given a body? that body eventually would be hung on the cross to pay for the penalty of our sins. And not just that body, but also Christ's willingness, His obedience to the Father. And what you need to take note of here in this passage is the fact that Jesus Christ completely accepted His rule and willingly offered His life. And in doing so, He provided us with God's grace. Tignan natin in verse 8 to 10. When he said above, you have neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings. These are offered according to the law. So, nakaparentesis yun. I think in your scripture, it's also in parentheses. The idea here is this. The sacrifices of the old system, the old covenant, uh, even though God was the one that prescribed them, God, God really wasn't pleased with it. God designed it by design, the old sacrificial system was designed to be insufficient. Okay, God gave it. Yes, God designed it, but God designed it to point to Jesus Christ. Talagang designed namaging kulang. Merong paparateng. Verse nine, he says this. Then he added, "Behold, I have come to do your will." He does away with the first in order to establish the second. So this is really key for the entire book of Hebrews. This is one of the key verses. When Jesus Christ came and sacrificed his body on the cross, he came and his sacrifice did away with all the old, the previous sacrificial system. There was no more need for the system. The accomplishing of God's will by Christ has now supplanted the use of animal sacrifices na natin kailangan magtiwala sa dugo ng anumang hayop to bring forgiveness for our sins. He does away with the first, not to say that oh, it was never useful. No, He did away with the first in order to bring in the second, our salvation by grace alone. Verse ten. And by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Who planned for Jesus Christ to have a body? God did. Who planned for Jesus Christ to be put on the cross, to be beaten, to be whipped, to be to have a, a crown of thorns put on his head, uh, for his hands and feet to be nailed on the cross? God did. In fact, Isaiah chapter fifty-three tells us very clearly that Jesus Christ was crushed by the will of the Father. Jesus Christ was put on the cross because it was the Father's will to bruise Him for our iniquities. It was by that will, verse 10, it was by God's will, we have been sanctified. How were you sanctified? That cleansing that you were looking for all your life, you were sanctified through the offering of the body, not of any bull or goat or any animal, but the body of Jesus Christ. How many times did Jesus Christ die on the cross for you? How many times did he have to give himself as an offering, as a sacrifice? Was it effective? Jesus Christ, once for all. You know the problem of sin that we all have? Jesus Christ has decisively taken care of that problem once for all. God willed that he would sanctify us through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. And Christ's work on the cross was decisive. It was the, the final reckoning with sin. And anyone who participates in this, in this work of Christ through their, by trusting in Jesus' salvation receives that salvation once for all time. You you no longer have to keep working for a way to get to the Lord. It's finished. What did Jesus Christ say on the cross? Uh, sa English yung translation natin ang sinigaw niya, "It is finished." But uh, in Greek, what it really means is "paid in full." It's done. There's no longer need for, for for us to attempt to be good enough for the Lord because we'll never be good enough. But Jesus Christ. Was good enough, and his once-for-all death on the cross proved that. Any type of uh, groping for the path to God has finally been put to an end. It was put to an end at the cross of Jesus Christ. You see, all those animals that were killed, all that—the reason why there was no end to that—it's because they could never bring salvation. It was only meant to be a symbol. But when Jesus Christ died, his death will always be effective. Effective for what? Effective to cleanse our souls from sin. Effective to bring forgiveness once for all. And the payment of Jesus Christ or the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, not only is it effective, it is final. The fact that he only had to do it once it was effective and the fact that he did it for all. Once for all it is effective, it's final. Take natin yung verse 11 to verse 14. Let's start with just verse 11. And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. So the emphasis here to verse 11 is the futility of the old sacrificial system. These priests stood there, and every day, daily, they presented their sacrifices. Every day. If you were a priest from ages 20 years old to 50 years old, as long as you were in the temple fulfilling your duty, this is what you did. This is what you participated in. It was a bloody work. They did it every day, rendering their service. What were they doing? Throughout the day, multiple sacrifices, blood being spilt again and again. And the Bible tells us here in this verse that no matter how many sacrifices were being offered, they could never take away sins. But what about Jesus' sacrifice? Let's look at verse 12 to verse 14. What you find here, the Christ's sacrifice is final. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins... He sat down at the right hand of God. So a few things you need to pay attention to. One, it was offered for all time. And it ended or culminated in Jesus Christ sitting at the right hand of God. The idea here is it's a decisive and final nature of his sacrifice. He sat down. He was done. Uh, We don't sit down until we're finished working, right? If we're doing something. Uh, The fact that if you've had a busy day, you're doing different things around the house. And at the end of the day, you finally sit down and it feels good. I'm done. I did my to-do list for the day. That's what it means. And Jesus Christ, when he finished, he sat down at the right hand of God. Tapusna. And in fact, uh, he goes on to say this in verse 13. He is sitting there now and what's he waiting for? He is waiting for that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. So, Jesus Christ is sitting and he's just waiting for the fulfillment of all time. For the end times and for, uh, for when he would call us up in the rapture and for the tribulation period when he will pour out judgment after judgment and then come back and reign for a thousand years. And then after that, I finally put a once for all end to his enemies and uh, have a great white throne judgment and then reign forever for all of eternity. He is waiting now. Waiting for what? Waiting for that day when all his enemies, his enemies who have already been defeated, and he's just waiting for the day when they will be at, uh, at his footstool, okay? Verse 14 goes on to say this, for by a single offering, he has perfected for all time. So it involves one sacrifice, and what did it accomplish? It perfected for all time. Uh, It's talking now about the new covenant people. People who have been rescued from sin. People whose hearts have been cleansed. People who have the righteousness of Jesus Christ. They have a new standing. They have been been made whole spiritually. They are complete. Those who are being sanctified. Itong being sanctified, that's that's a progressive, present progressive term. Meaning, it is still ongoing. Have we been given clean hearts? Yes. But the work that Jesus Christ is doing in us is still ongoing now. When you know what He's doing, He's sanctifying you. What's that word mean? It means that He's growing you spiritually. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, this is a work that continues to go on now. That's a work that only Jesus Christ can do in you. Jesus Christ is helping us grow spiritually. Sometimes He uses uh, circumstances Oftentimes, He uses His Word. He uses the life of His church in our own life. But He is sanctifying us right now. How is He able to do that? How is He able to help us grow spiritually? He's able to do that, do that through the single sacrifice on the cross. You spiritual growth, that's something that the old law or the old uh, sacrificial system could never do. The old sacrificial system couldn't help them grow spiritually. It could point them to their sinfulness and it could point them to their need for a Savior, but uh, it really couldn't help them grow spiritually. It was through their, their uh, dependence on the, the grace that God would give as they obeyed His law, that God would give them that, uh, that relationship with them. But now, Jesus Christ is doing that for us. How is He doing that? He has made us fit for our relationship with the Father. In Christ, God has provided a way for us to be Cleansed to have a cleansed conscience and a healthy, permanent relationship with Him. It's only by trusting in Jesus Christ that you can have decisive forgiveness for sins and a right relationship with God. I want to stop for a second uh, because it's forgiveness of sins is really such a basic doctrine, right? In fact, uh, most, of not, most of us, if not all of us, when we hear forgiveness of sins, it just kind of goes in one ear and out the other because it's the most, one of the most basic doctrines to the Christian faith. When you trusted in Jesus Christ, Jesus gave you forgiveness of sins. But uh, I want to warn you against the danger of uh, really, really just lulling yourself into um, into just going past that idea as if it's, oh, I already know that. I already know what that means. Think about this truth. Jesus Christ died on the cross and he purchased your forgiveness once and for all. You know what that truth should do for you? That truth should provide in you grounding stability in your spiritual life. It should uh, anchor your soul to the forgiveness that Jesus Christ gives. Now, there's a lot of things here on earth that can cause our heart to tremble, uh, can cause us to worry. Uh, guilt can destroy us, right? Uh, shame for our sins. And, and those things, uh, sometimes those things are good things. It's when we, uh, when we have guilt for sins, all right? but we take that to Jesus Christ. But uh, I just want to encourage you You know, forgiveness of sins is why Jesus Christ came to earth. Forgiveness of sins is the end of Christ's life and ministry here on earth. It brought Jesus Christ to the cross. And on the cross, he was able to secure payment for our sins. So what does that mean? That means that the truth of forgiveness for sins, that's a truth that you and I can really build our life on. When you're experiencing the ups and downs of uh, the Christian life or just even the human experience, sometimes the easy, easy thing to do is just call it quits, right? Just walk away and uh, you and I, we, we know people that have done this because this is the easy thing to do. The easy thing to do is to turn uh, their back on the Lord and just walk away, stop reading the Bible, stop coming to church, um, just shut out uh, their, their Christian community and that's really the easy thing to do but uh, you know what What will ground you is your commitment to Jesus Christ because of the fact that he has purchased your forgiveness at the heart of this Christian truth what you find is the essence of the gospel that Jesus Christ died on the cross to redeem you from sin's penalty from sin's effect, and from sin's bondage. That should give us stability in our life. Jesus Christ paid for our sins once for all. And His payment is the only acceptable payment for sins. If you're here and you haven't trusted in Jesus Christ as Savior, trust in Him today. Ask Jesus to save you from your sins. He's the only one that can remove your sins, the only one that can give you spiritual life. Um, if you're here and you're a Christian, I hope that you are daily depending on that forgiveness. Um, let's not depend on our own for performance, okay? We were saved by faith we sh- or by grace. We should continue to walk by grace. Depend on the grace that Jesus Christ gives you at Calvary to live your Christian life. Uh, Wag yung sa ginawa ng Panginoon tapos ngayon eh, natin yung nagagawa natin para sa Kanya. Lord, I'm reading my Bible. Lord, I'm praying. I'm faithful to church. No, Lord, the only way I'm gonna be able to do these things is because of the grace that You give, the grace that is based at the cross of Jesus Christ. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ is effective. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ is final. Uh, don't attempt to do things for God or to sacrifice in order to win His favor. You can never do this for yourself. Jesus has taken away our sins once and for all, forever. He has forgiven us completely. And uh, now we have a relationship with the Father. Uh, this truth na to could be uh, really illustrated in uh, a story that took place in Brazil about 20 years ago. The graciousness of a woman by the name of Donna Nusa. See, Dona Nusa was killed in a car accident in uh, Brazil. And as she lay in her casket, there were some family members that were surrounding her there. Some of them were uh, her son, Cesar, or Seguro Cesar, I know, since it's Brazil. Uh, She had a daughter there, and they had other relatives. And there was a young man by the name of uh, Carmelita who stood by. Uh, See, Carmelita didn't look anything like the family, Uh, she was tall and dark and uh, dressed a little bit differently. And uh, what, what happened, the story was, that, this si Carmelita. Uh, she was from the interior of Brazil, and she was adopted into Dona Nusa's family about 20 years before Dona Nusa was, was killed in that accident. And uh, during that time, she was actually uh, an orphan. Her biological mother was a prostitute, and uh, she was the product of um, uh, an immoral relationship no idea who her father was and uh, she was abandoned one of thousands apparently in Brazil that were abandoned and nung uh, nahanap siya ni Anusa she was so moved with compassion that uh, right away without thinking twice she took her into her family and uh, gave her a new life and uh, almost everyone else left the funeral that day etong si Carmelita she left she was the one who was left behind the final, final person to go And uh, she wept over the casket, hugging the casket. And uh, she could be heard just repeating one word. Obrigada. Obrigada, she cried. Uh, That's thank you. Thank you. She was thanking Dona Nusa because she reached out and gave Carmelita a life that she had no ability to secure for herself. That's pure grace. And we should also weep for the grace that God has given us. Because of Jesus Christ's once for all sacrifice on the cross, you and I have been given a life that we could never craft for ourselves a spiritual life, a relationship with God, the forgiveness of sins the ability to walk in the Spirit, the wisdom to learn Scripture, and itong uh, this should move us to be grateful for the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the sacrifice that was given once for all. Heavenly Father, we praise you for Jesus, praise you for His grace and forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, that none of us are worthy of the grace that you've given, yet you gave it And Lord, we we could still be sacrificing or doing things that are ritualistic to try to win your approval or your grace. But we could never be enough. Lord, we thank you because even as we're broken in our sin, Jesus Christ was sufficient. His life was sufficient. His death was sufficient. And Father, his forgiveness that he gives us is complete. And now we stand before you as having been redeemed. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the new life we have. Thank you for the forgiveness. Thank you for rescuing us from the darkness of our sin. Thank you for giving us new life. Thank you for giving us your word. Thank you, Lord, for giving us your church, your people who love you and who love us. Thank you, Lord, for the ability to worship you. Thank you for the new life we have in Jesus Christ because of his once-for-all sacrifice for our sins. We praise you for it in Jesus' name.